from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live. Taking your calls right now at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in sunny Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we have... The dream team in studio, Michelle and Dion, ready to take your calls right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And I have to mention this, Dion, you have gotten the pre-break quiz right three weeks in a row. Zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that is no pressure, but but we've got a good one today, so, so get ready. Hey. Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We are here taking your questions all hour long. So get on the phone and give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So things have certainly been buzzing around college admissions over the last few weeks, and it's brought to light how competitive it can be. And certainly there are plenty of of things to discuss in that realm. But today we're going to talk about things that are going to be helpful if you are considering going to college, what you need to know about admissions, what you need to think about if this is the right path for you, if you should take a year off, if you should go away to college, if you should stay in your hometown. There's so many things to consider. So if you are a a person who's getting ready to think about this decision, or maybe you're the parent of a student who is getting ready to think about this decision, today is the day you're going to want to stay tuned. And of course, if you have questions, we want to take them all hour long, 844-942-7866. And we are very excited because today to help us with that topic, we welcome Eric Ferda, who is the Dean of Admissions for the University of Pennsylvania's undergraduates, the host of The Process on Sirius XM Stars. And Eric also writes a regular blog called The Dean's Desk, which is filled with great advice and insights that you'll definitely want to check out on his website, which is page217.org, if you or someone you know is applying to college. So welcome to Career Talk, Eric. Thank you. It's great to be back. Great to be with the team again here in Huntsman Hall. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you here. And this is a very special day because today is the, the tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern is the release day for admissions for the Ivy. So, so what is going through the minds of, of students and parents right now, Eric? Well, thank you for taking my mind off of it because <laughs> I'm really psyched to be in the booth for an hour with you. So 7 p.m. tonight, we are posting our admission decisions for the University of Pennsylvania all of the Ivy League schools are posting at that time. That's an agreement that we have. 7 p.m. for those on the West Coast, so we're not interrupting your school day. So being m- mindful of that. I was also I also heard that Duke University is posting their decisions tonight at 7 p.m. So a lot of college news coming out this evening. Mm-hmm. So so there are a lot of people sitting waiting by their computers tonight, right? I, I could see these you know seventeen and eighteen year olds with a big screen, Google Chrome open, with like the eight schools that they're applying to, ten schools, how many schools they're applying to, and then going through those decisions. I, I think it would be really cool. Maybe we should get some of the analytics people here at Wharton. It's like which ones do they click on mm-hmm. first? Where are they going to first? And is it in the order of the schools that they're most interested in? Yeah, it's it's. Fantastic. Fantastic um, that people are thinking about this today. I mean, it's it's so so long ago for me. Um, so if you're the the parent of a student, or maybe you are a student and you're you're listening right now, we want to know how you're feeling. How what are you thinking? What's going on in your mind? Eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Today's show is all about college admissions and and should you go? Should you wait a year? Should you go away? Should you stay in state? There's lots and lots of questions um, around this topic. So uh, Eric. You write a regular blog on this, which is incredibly helpful because there's so much today. Like, I mean, there's so much today that there's even counselors to help people apply to college. (laughs) So there's so much to think about. And you talk about in in your blog and on your website the four C's, which is something that that I guess students would use to assess 
a university. Can you talk Absolutely. to us about these? Well, Don, this is perfect because as we're sitting here looking out, as you said, always sunny in Philadelphia, looking out on Locust Walk, literally we have hundreds of, of parents and students that are visiting our campus today. We call it the rolling spring break. Mm-hmm. And so let, let's take these families right now. Maybe we should pull some of them off the walk. Yeah, they're right <laughs> is, there. They're right there. Is, so after you visit eight to ten schools in a week, okay, you know, the family loaded up, they're thinking about where they're visiting, they put the schools down, they got the logistics down. How, at the end of that week, are you actually comparing those institutions? I mean, they all start running together. Of course, how you connected with the tour guide is important, just kind of your emotional feel as you're going through campus. But the 4C structure is really to have a comparison base. So what's the culture of an institution? What does the education look like? The curriculum? What's the shape of the curriculum? Community? people and spaces, how do they interact with each other, and then also conclusions, which I think is really great for your show as well, because what, what's the expected return? Mm-hmm. For some families, that is, am I going to get into a graduate program? Am I going to get that job that I would like to, that career path that I would like to go into? For some schools, and I think this is important for, for everybody listening, is you know, what's the four-year graduation rate? Yeah. Because we're talking about sometimes return on investment and value, some places that maybe have more students and maybe less in terms of the sticker price or even the net price. I know Dan Loney covered that on his prior show. But then also, am I going to be able to graduate in four years? And what does that look like? Yeah. 844-Wharton-844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. And we are... Very excited to have Eric Furto with us today live in studio, who is the Dean of Admissions for the University of Pennsylvania's undergraduate program. And today is decision day for the IVs and many, many other schools. So if you are waiting on that decision, we want to know how you're feeling. If you have questions about the college admissions process, about should I go, should I not go? What do I need to do to get into the school I really want to go to? Today is your day because you could not ask for a better person to ask those questions to with Eric here all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So you kind of started touching on this, Eric, and I want to go into this because my my role in the university is certainly career. And so once students get in, you know, at least for our executive MBAs, I mean, a big part of this is how is this going to impact my career? So when you think about that, what is or what should be, let's just say that, Certainly. because what should be a college's role and obligation in preparing students for a career? Well, it's, it's really interesting, Dawn, that I would say that the conversation really shifted among families, students, and then the people around them and support after 2008. The, the, the aspect of, you know, really what does the economy look like? What are the shifts that took place post-2008? And, you know, what is the role of higher education? Now, there's enough data out there to make comparisons of different levels of education and what that can do for your your career, for lifetime earnings. I mean, the data is there to say that Mm -hmm. the more education you have, the better your path is going to be. While some trends within that, what we really see are the number of students, as an example, who are applying into computer science programs. Engineering applications post-2008 until you know, now have gone from maybe two to 3,000 applications at Penn to close to 11,000 applications. Wow. And then computer science within that. So I think to the question, Dawn, is how do we describe a liberal arts and science education and kind of those lifelong learning aspects that we feel really strongly about on a college campus and seeing those as translatable skills but then also families are looking for hard skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because as I look at the what the employers are wanting, and I talk to recruiters and things of that nature, it's you know they're actually um, they're saying we need people who can think critically, we need people who can influence, we need people who can collaborate across diverse groups. Absolutely. And so, so do you see that the college experience is shifting to focus on these types of experiences, Eric? I think I think it's a great question, particularly sitting here in the Wharton School. So when we have students that need to have some quantitative foundation, given the curriculum that mm-hmm. they're going to pursue within within the Wharton School, but then also what does leadership look like, mm-hmm. and really trying to ascertain that now. 
for for our listeners, I want you to know that this doesn't mean filling up the Common App with five things that you did and that you have to be president of all of them. But what does leading look like? What does being part of a collaborative team look like? And we do try to pull out those aspects in the application through letters of recommendation, through what the student says about him or herself, and then also really just trying to take a look at those activities that they're putting down to see, like, do they start connecting with each other? Right. No one thing is going to get them in or not in. Mm-hmm. So so you're looking for then, this is interesting because the selection process is you're already looking for people with these skills. You're looking for people who are demonstrating these skills yes. even before they step foot. Yes. In, and an inclination that they're going to be open to these, this learning. Right. 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. We're talking all about the college admissions process, if it's right for you, how it will impact your career right here on SiriusXM Channel 132. And we're very excited to have Eric Ferda on the show. He is the Dean of Admissions here at Penn. And we are taking our calls right now, 844-942-7866. So thinking about careers, I mean, you know, I'll, I'm going to say this because I am in a career center. The the money that goes into admissions is very different than the money that goes into the career center. <laughs> um, ours being less. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so, so, you know, we get the students here and, and I think there is an expectation. I've been looking up stats and it's really low in terms of how many students actually use the career center. That's interesting. Like, like I mean, it's it's about 20% who use it for what what is deemed the most useful skills, which would be getting internships. Um, and, and then a lo- there's a lot of people who use it, maybe about 40% for things like taking the MBTI and different assessments, which, yes. is, which is fine, but they don't follow through. So, so it's very low. You, you know what's interesting is, I think for the first piece, is what role does an admissions office have at an institution? And I do feel very much at Penn that the way we work across the institution, decentralized with our schools, but then also being a centralized office for admissions, is in many ways we're one of the chief marketing arms of the institution and projecting the you know, the opportunities at Penn, the, the power of Penn, and how it can be transformational for students. The second piece, and I think this could be interesting, is – the, the composition of the student body has changed drastically over the last 10 to 15 years. And so more socioeconomic diversity, as an example. So within that, our students coming to our campuses, and this is a lot of what we're working on right now, some students will come in and know that they go to office hours. And mm-hmm. we've heard this before. For some students, it's like, well, what's the purpose of office hours? Do I go there if I'm just not doing well in the class? Whereas students who have awareness of the resources around them, they're utilizing those resources not the day before an exam, but two weeks before. I wonder how much more education we need to do with our student body about the resources that are around them here at an institution like Penn, while also showing them, well, this is the path that you need to take. I remember as a sophomore at Penn going to kind of the pre-law meeting to try to test it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And... I wouldn't say that I came from a sophisticated background, but I came from a background that I knew enough. If, if I'm thinking about pre-law, I better go to this meeting that someone just gave me a flyer about. So I do think for students of all backgrounds, though, it's how can we help them realize the resources that are here that the institution is investing in so they can make the most out of those experiences. Right. I agree. There's, there's definitely a marketing aspect. I'm curious, though, is this a, a popular question of, of maybe parents who are coming on tours with, or, or even students themselves, like, what are your career resources? And I mean, is this, or, or are they really focused on what is my experience going to be while I'm here and, and not really thinking about that just yet? It's it's really a mix of, of all of the above. I would say those families that clearly know that they have a path, particularly towards graduate school, like medical school, those questions are being asked individuals that are already locked into a, a finance type of, of, of track, they may already know that those resources are here. The way the question is generally asked, and this gives us the opportunity to address what you're asking here, Don, is what does support look like? Mm-hmm. And support is emotional support, support is academic support, support is careers. So when you're taking a look at this in total, you know, in some ways, and this has given me a great opportunity to think about this even further, what are we highlighting when we're talking about support? And I think so much now is around emotional and well-being of yes. our students and that we're probably putting more time there. And there's also an interesting mix here, if I may. It's 
this balance, you know, here we are at Ben Franklin's University, right? You know, theory and practice. And we want to talk about the intellectual growth of students while this is a practical place. Applied knowledge to then you know, go out into the world, do good in the world. And so career services is really an opportunity for us to really talk about what's in our kind of our founding father's DNA, that you're going to take what you're learning and you're going to apply it. Then what does that look like? Right. And we could talk about internships. Is that research? There's a lot of different ways I think that this can be realized. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. We are here with Eric Ferda, who is the Dean of Admissions at Penn. And we're going to go to our phones with Brooke in Idaho. Brooke, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dr. Graham. Hi, Brooke. Thank you so much for writing your book. Oh. As of this morning, I'm switchers. the first person to yes, switchers. I'm, I'm the first person to leave a public Google audience review for your book, switchers. And well, yes, thank you, Brooke. Yeah. I appreciate that. That is so helpful. Can I tell you? Um, that is so helpful to you, an author, because one of the things that we do is we write the book, and it's certainly meant to help others. And when somebody reads it and can share what is helpful to them, that enables other people to say, okay, yeah, this is the book I need, or no, this isn't the book I need. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Yes. Well, and so I am a double switcher, and what you've dubbed an absentee switcher, as I've been away from an official full-time job for the last one and a half years. And while I'm new enough to your book, but I'm still crafting my plan A, my only definitive goal has remained to obtain a remote and flexible scheduled position with health insurance. So currently I've assumed that I need to target a company that already offers remote positions, but since all three of my goals would be considered uh, perks in your switchers book, should I postpone my three main goals and instead negotiate those perks after I earn a job offer? Okay, so just to make sure I have you, you're looking in the health insurance and you need a remote role and you need it to be flexible. Those are your three? Yes, those are the, yes. Correct. Yeah, so um, here's the thing. I think a lot more companies are are very open to remote workers. And a matter of fact, there's companies that are 100% remote workers. And so I think step one, because you have this as your target. And I think this is this is a great target. You have to know your boundaries. And what happens is when you're a switcher and you're all over the place and you don't really have any defined lines, that's when it gets really hard. But these are your boundaries. This is where you are in, in your life right now. Um, and so I think you've got the health insurance piece. So I think you need to look at the health insurance area plus the peripheral companies to that. So you may want to look, okay, health insurance, who are their vendors? Who do they partner with? Who do they collaborate with? So that line as well, just to broaden brought in that a little bit and then see who's doing remote work because more and more companies are doing this and honestly if you just google this you're going to come up with way more companies than you've ever thought about mm-hmm. or even heard of and um, another book I recommend uh, if you liked switchers is Steve Dalton's two-hour job search because he has a very clear structure for doing this and coming up with those companies that fit what your needs are and it's very systematic and it helps you network and it helps you go through kind of that that what I call murky middle area where where you know people kind of get lost mm-hmm. in the job search um and and so I think that has to be your goal and of course I'm sure you've already thought through how you show up and and what you have to offer mm-hmm. and your strengths and all of those things and you've rebranded yourself but just in case I want to mention make sure on your resume make sure on your your LinkedIn profile make sure all of those things demonstrate how you add value to that market, to those companies, to the position specifically that you want to go to, because I think you're going to find um, there's just so many more companies. Most of us think about brand names. We think of who are those companies we know and list the same 10. That's why I love Steve Dalton's book, because he forces you to think of 40. Um, and we've we've mm. had we've had people on this show who have 100% remote companies. So they, we know they're out there. Um, Eric, mm-hmm. did you want to add something for Brooke? Well, it, it, it's so interesting because here we're talking about the time that we're releasing undergraduate admissions decisions, but these decisions go throughout your whole career. And even reflecting on, I'd like to 
you know, ask you to take a look at my blog and look at the the five eyes where you talk about identity, interests, ideas, because what you're really doing is you're taking that kind of self-assessment and then you're matching it up with the culture of the, the workplace that you're looking for. So really for everybody, this happens throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. We're just not filling out an, an application the way that we did for, for a college application. Yeah. And, and Excellent, Eric. And and here's the thing, Brooke, and you know this, that what a company cares about most is that you're going to get the job done, you're not going to need a lot of hand-holding, and that you're going to be a productive employee who gets results. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're not as interested necessarily in where you do it or, you know, even mm-hmm. in some cases, depending on the industry, what hours you do it. I mean, a, a lot of these smaller companies, startups are fine. You want to do all your work on a Sunday and take off a Tuesday, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you get it done. So I think it's about finding the culture where you're going to to be able to be the greatest resource within the structure that that you bring. So I'm very excited for you because I I think when you start digging into this, Brooke, you're going to see that there's a lot more options out there. Is this helpful? Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate your time. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for for supporting Switchers. I really appreciate that. And we wish you all the best. And we'd love to hear from you and hear how things work out. Hey, if you've got a question and it's noon Eastern... On Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are here all hour taking your calls at 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. We're here with Eric Ferda and very excited because it is decision day for the IVs. So how, a, how great was that for you, though? Big, you know, <laughs> you know, hearing you know, someone read your book and you know the takeaways from it. Someone besides my mom. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like, is there anyone out there? It's it's, it's wonderful. It, it, actually, that's, that's one of the best parts of live radio. We were talking a little bit before the show about live radio, and you know sometimes you... you Make flubs and stuff like that, but this part. That's right. This part is what you live for. And yeah, that book took seven years, so it's always good Amazing. to hear that that it's making an impact for sure. 844-942-7866. If you have a question, we want to hear from you. Of course, every Thursday we're open to any and all career topics that you would like to ask about. And of course, we love tips and we love if you disagree with something we say. We we want to hear from you. We're, we're That's right. It's a learning environment. It is a learning environment. 844-942-7866. So Eric, you started touching on the five eyes, which is something else you go into on your website um, that I want to talk about because this is something, and, and I'm not sure if you've seen this shift over the past couple of decades, but this idea of self-reflection is so important, not only to your career, but to, of course, selecting a a college or a program that's going to fit for you. So can you spend a little time on this? So the the framework really is it's very easy for you to get caught up in the numbers game with low admit rates. It's very easy to get caught up in U.S. news types of rankings. And really, the step back here is First, think about what am I looking for in a college environment or in a workplace environment? You know, again, talking about, you know, career shifters. And so when you really think about it, the first, it starts with you. It's not I have to go to the University of Pennsylvania. It's how do how am I as a learner? What are my ideas? How, you know, how do I think? What type of environment is going to really be conducive to me, you know, really maximizing my own growth? And those are tough questions at any stage of your life. You know, whether you're you know, applying for a new job or you're applying to college or graduate school. So the, the, the five I's really is it's about you. It's about, you know, it all begins with the letter I and just really trying to dive into. And one word, which I'd like us to talk about if we can, is the word inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, because we all we have our identity. How do you see yourself? How do others see you? Maybe in a recommendation that someone's writing for you for, for a job or for school. But people think they always need to be inspired. And I'm like, no, this isn't, okay, next Tuesday I'm going to be really inspired about something. I have that scheduled. Yeah, you got by that, the way. exactly. Yeah, it's you scheduled. Know? It's, it's blocked off. Tuesday it has at 10 a.m. <laughs> inspiration. So, you know, when are those moments that you do really feel that way and that you feel that, you know, your opinion needs to be shared a little bit more, that you do disagree with something and you're going to voice that disagreement, or you just feel excitement? And I want people to tap into those moments. And I think particularly for 17 and 18-year-olds, just recognizing the times that that may take place during that athletic mm-hmm. contest. You're up on the stage performing. It's bottle that up because later on, that's what you're going to need to talk about mm-hmm. in an interview. So, you know, Don, tell me about a time that you felt really, you know, inspired or moved by something. And to talk about that in an authentic way 
is compelling, mm-hmm. whether it's in a college application or in a job interview. Yeah, I love that because you don't even have to really do anything except pay attention <laughs> to what's <laughs> right. going on in your world. That's right. What is inspiring you? Where do you feel that energy? Where do you get? Where does time get lost? I love it. Um, you know, when you're when you're doing these things, because I think you're right. I mean, colleges, universities, hiring managers, they want to know that you've got a spark, a fire in you, because it's it's not enough that you have the skills. It's not enough that that you show up to work every day. They're gonna higher based on that spark. And I will even say, you know, just to go back to switchers, that a lot of switchers say, well, I don't have the right experience. But if you have a spark that is logical, compelling, and genuine, a hiring manager is going to want to pick you over somebody who's perfect on paper. And that's just the way it goes. And just like with an office, it may be a smaller office of three or four people, or a class that we're admitting today, 2,400 people, then what's the composition of that group? Mm-hmm. Because if they all have kind of the same sort of triggers, maybe that's good, but maybe it's not. And you want to make sure that you do have a range of opinions and ideas there because as a team, that's what's really going to further the work than just an individual. Yeah, well said. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Today we are talking about college admissions and things you need to know, things you need to consider, things you need to think about all hour long. So if you've got a question, a contribution, maybe you're sitting there waiting for your response about whether you got into college or not today, you can give us a call all hour at 844 844- Wharton, 844-942-7866. We're very excited to have Eric Furta here, who's the Dean of Admissions for Penn. And if you've not yet checked out his website, page217.org, there is a ton of great information on their blogs and you know much, much more. So we want to make sure you're hooked up so that you can have the best chances possible. He also hosts The Process on SiriusXM Stars. So Eric, when do you sleep? A lot going on. Yeah, we'll be up in New York tomorrow. My co-host and I, Eileen cunningham Fikens from the Dwight Englewood School, and then the show will be played all weekend. So if people want to email the process at SiriusXM.com or leave a message, 888-947-8277, you could hear yourself on the radio tomorrow. But give us a call here. Check that out. Check that out. Hey, you don't want to miss that, especially if you've got a question about the process of college admissions, 844-942-7866. But right now, Dion, we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? All right. We're going to go for four weeks in a row, Dion. Yep, here's the quiz. What do these items have in common? Monopoly, beer, and a paper bag. Monopoly, Beer and a paper bag. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132, and we will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio and we are powered by the Wharton School Series XM Channel 132. Hey, Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And just in case you missed it before the break, here again is our pre-break quiz. What do these items have in common? Monopoly, beer, and a paper bag. If you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You know we love your guesses and no Googling, Dion. <laughs> no Googling. We'll come back to that. I've never been more tempted to Google than on this one. <laughs> no Googling. No Googling. Um, okay. But I will give you a hint. I will give you a hint. There is a, there. I know. <laughs> My hints suck. I know. I'm not expecting much. <laughs> I know. Well, I will say there is a relevance to this one, whereas oh. some have no relevance. Well, is it, is it relevant to this show or relevant to something else? Not to the show. I knew it. <laughs> but, but there is some relevance to something. There's relevance to everything in some context. It's, it's a time relevance. How about that? Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got All right. If that's helpful. Time like season or time oh, like Oh, man, noon. Dion, I can't give it away. I can't give it away. 
Give it away. Give it away. I won't give it away. <laughs> we have a mailbag, though. So I want to I want to definitely go to our mailbag. You've got mail. And this one comes to us from Art in Minnesota. And he knew this show was coming up. By the way, I have to say this. People have asked, how do I know what topics are coming up? And I will tell you, I do a monthly newsletter. And if you go to dawnoncareers.com and sign up for that, you will get access to what's coming up in all of our shows for the next month. So if you're curious and want to know ahead of time, that's what you do. And Art is on that list. So he has a question for you, Eric. Um, what are the trade-offs of an 18-year-old deciding to go to a school like Wharton undergrad versus a college of arts and sciences? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And it's interesting, you know, with the decisions being posted this evening for all the Ivy League schools, and Wharton is, you know, it's the first business school in the country, right? We're going we're gonna to plug our, our alma mater here. While many students are applying to schools that don't have an undergraduate business curriculum, and they still may take a path that leads them into being an entrepreneur or leads them to Wall Street, I think when you're really talking about an education, though, that is not vocational in a way – you know, this is not a vocational education here at the Wharton School, but it's it's practical. And you still want to combine the elements of a liberal arts education, as we discussed in the first half hour, with some of those hardcore competencies of finance and marketing and accounting, management. But I think the combination is the business side along with the liberal arts and sciences. So you don't really have to completely trade them off at a place like Penn because the curriculum is, is very thoughtful around that. The, another question that we get is, what about a liberal arts education and then an MBA? Mm -hmm. So what should that path be? And I think, again, there needs to be a combination of the two. For students who are thinking of applying to Penn and you're trying to decide between the College of Arts and Sciences with an economics degree and the Wharton School with a Bachelor of Science in Economics degree is, I'm going to go back to the four C's, look at the curriculum. Where do you really want to be spending your time? There's 37 courses at Wharton. See where those course, where that course time is being spent and how that resonates with you. Look at the curriculum in the College of Arts and Sciences. There's going to be some other elements there that are not in the business curriculum. Where do you want to be spending your time? And I think that'll draw you to the best choice in terms of application. So, yeah, I think about my own experience. and it, I was not going to go to college. Well, we're not going to go there and why. But, you know, so I eventually followed a boy, and my dad was very happy that I decided to go to college. But in terms of major, you know, I, I, I think my parents were just so happy I decided to go that they, they didn't, you know, they weren't even concerned about that. So what are your thoughts about that? If you, if you have somebody who's not even sure they want to go, is it worth going and, and using college as an exploration? I mean, it's a pretty expensive exploration. It, it, it's a great question. And I cover a lot of schools in, in the United Kingdom as an example. And taking a gap year is part of that experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about applying to college and then taking a gap year. It's really, I'm going to figure myself out a little bit more. And I do feel that in this environment of you know what we charge and also that some highly successful people don't have college degrees, whether they started in one or not, is there is this what's called kind of the, the no college movement. I think when it really comes down to some type of exploration is maybe being in a college environment is not the best path for you. Maybe you have some intention of going into college later on. Maybe it's a combination of being in the workforce, taking a, a course or two, maybe at a community college, mm -hmm. which is going to keep you in that mindset, but not as expensive. So maybe it's a combination. So this is what I come down to, and this would be fantastic, you know, given, given career talk, is number one, what does credentialing look like? You know, what does learning look like? What does credentialing look like? And then what paths do, will, that, will that open? And more and more, you know, what's the currency of being able to get a job? And I think that is drastically changing. And we're even seeing some colleges actually close their doors where, you know, for some individuals, they're just thinking to themselves, I don't need a four-year degree to go on the path that I want to go into. My dad might be a bit opposite. He was a graphic designer and an artist, but actually went to a liberal arts school with art as part of it. And, you know, I mean, that was a long time ago, but that was a different type of decision. And really now, do you need to go to college to become a graphic designer? Perhaps. Do you need to, you're going to learn the fine arts and graphic design, but maybe that's not within a four-year setting. So credentialing 
and what's going to open the doors for you later on. Yep. And we, we're seeing a lot more uh, employers being open to dropping that, that four-year degree required. Because I think when they really look at it, uh, it you know, it's, it, they slap that up on the, the job description because it sounds like a good way to kind of weed people out easily and, you know, 300 applications, okay, we can get rid of a percentage with this. But they're starting to realize that this isn't necessarily... That, I think that gets really perfectly to the point. What are, I never like putting hurdles in front of particularly 17 and 18 year olds that are unnecessary hurdles. Mm-hmm. We're not going to ask for an extra test if we don't need an extra test. We're not going to ask for an additional essay if that essay isn't going to add value in terms of insight in term, for the evaluation. So what are, what's being used as a filter, as you said, but they're kind of artificial ones. And it's just a way of weeding people out. I think we're in a job market, though, where particularly in certain areas where what you really want to identify is potential and promise. And what I mean by that is they're not fully formed yet. Right. And but there's this inquisitiveness, this opportunity and, and demonstration of working with others, communication skills. So, you know, well, we'll teach you how to do this work, but we need those other elements. And a four year degree may not be the path for that. 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Eric Ferda, who is the Dean of Admissions here at Penn and the host of The Process, which is on SiriusXM Stars. And hey, Eric, one more time, where can people reach you or learn more about you? Or I mean, you're all over with your blog and your radio show. So I know people are going to want to find you after this. No, sounds good. I think a few more people are going to want to find me after 7 o'clock tonight. Yeah, (laughs) maybe you don't want to be found. (laughs) Maybe I don't want to be found. (laughs) So for for the show, the the process on STARS 109-888-947-8277, leave a message throughout the month, and we're going to cover it in the last weekend of the month. Email the process at SiriusXM.com. Follow me at Dean, Dean Ferda on Twitter. Be that like... 40th follower or something like that. Oh, come uh, on. A, few, a few more oh, zeros on. on there. But what I try to do in the moment is really add some insights through 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 that medium. But then also the blog page 217. You're so gracious to share that. That's really a collection of basically 30 years of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's free. And it's free. It's, it's absolutely free. free. So start there. 844 Wharton, 844-942. 7866, we should answer our pre-break quiz because I feel like Dion's got the answer. So I wouldn't go far with that. Okay. All right. Well, what do these items have in common? Monopoly, beer, and a paper bag. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) you you said it was a time it was a time reference. Yes. Um Initially, I was thinking winter because it's cold, but I forgot it was spring. So okay. my okay. answer is way off now. Okay. I was going to say there are items in some sort of snowpocalypse survival kit. What is with you in the, the apocalypse with zombie <laughs> and snowpocalypse? Uh, you know, you got zombies and snow, and I'm getting I'm getting answers right. So, you know. He's, he's preparing. Now he's a prepper. Now he's a prepper. <laughs> I, Monopoly and zombies. Well, I said snowpocalypse. All right, snowpocalypse. So you so you're snowed in. So you gotta oh, pl- so okay, you gotta okay. play Monopoly and you gotta have beer and a paper bag in case you you know I don't know <laughs> in case you hyperventilate. There you go because of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> okay, sorry, Dion, you broke your streak, but you know you still have three in a row. I'm sticking with that. You're sticking with that. You're sticking with that. All right, Michelle, it's all on your shoulders now. The one time I really need Dion to pull through. <laughs> uh, ooh, I mean, time, timely. Was it something about March Madness? Can I get a hint? It's something with March. Um, I don't even, be, I can't begin to, to think ball. where you would think I would have sports a sports ball. question. Okay. Um, Do you know me at all? Before, Do you, you know me at no, all? Have we met? Um, okay. Um, I'm going to say that they were then invented in the month of March. No, but God, you're so close. You're so close. All right, Eric, it's now on you. I have no idea. Bring it home, Eric. Bring it home. We've got the invented in March and non-sports or zombie apocalypse. Snowpocalypse. Sorry, snowpocalypse. So... 
If a listener gets it, we'll admit them to Penn. Oh, oh, oh my God, the phones are ringing off the hook. Really, that's all they need to do to answer that question. It's, a, it's like a tough SAT question. It's a tough SAT question. Okay, well, I will not hold you in suspense any longer. They are all inventions by women. As we celebrate Women's History Month in March... Um, and other inventions you may not know about, windshield wipers, the fire escape, life rafts, medical syringes, CCTV, and more telecommunications technology than you could shake a stick at. And I have to say something about Monopoly. So Monopoly is not credited to a woman, which is which is a problem. It's actually credited to a guy named Darrow, but he based his game on something that was created by by a woman named Elizabeth Maggie in 1904. So I'm going to set that record straight because I know people are Googling this and saying that. <laughs> no, no. But he, he, t- he basically took her idea, capitalized on it, and made lots of money. And so that's why I wanted to give her credit on this show. Wow. The what sh- was her name? Elizabeth, and it's M-A-G-I-E in 1904. Mm. It was a game called The Landlord's Game. And other things you may not know about Monopoly... Oh, boy. Monopoly is sold in 114 countries and 47 languages. And all of the characters on the board actually have a name. So there's Mr. Monopoly. He's the one with the monocle. There's Jake the Jailbird and Officer Edgar Mallory. So there you go. Amazing. There you go. No Elizabeth. I didn't know everybody else had had names. They have names. They have names. And she got ripped off. (laughs) (laughs) So now I've I've vindicated her on career talk. (laughs) 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Eric Ferdo, and we're talking about college admissions. If you've got a question about that or a tip or you just have a career question in general, we want to hear from you all hour, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are always taking your calls. So, Eric, I want to talk about, uh, you know, this is a big decision. When I went to college, because I was I was born, um, you know, in a a little bit later. I was 17. I was 17. And 17, going off to college, living away from home, sometimes moving out of state. What are some things that parents and their their children should really be talking about when making that kind of decision? Well, in the front end, I ask families to really think about, you know, what what are you anxious about? Ask the parents that question, write, write down the answer. Ask the students. And outside of getting in and paying for college... Part of this is how far from home. And for the student, what are their notions of independence and what that looks like? And for parents, the same thing. And so it's our responsibility as students that we, that we admit start coming to our campus is really talking about the support resources that we have here. And let them know, in the first six weeks, you're going to get sick, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be tired. You're going to get sick. You're going to be run down. You're going to be homesick. How can we make sure that we're supporting our students while they're here and then what type of communication is healthy communication for, for the families? We know for some families, particularly with a younger sibling or if there's work responsibility for a family business, they're not going to go very far because they're dependent upon. And in some ways, I, I get concerned about that. I want to make sure that a student has an opportunity to go as far as they can while also recognizing what some of those home responsibilities are. You know, with your with your question about Monopoly and 140 something languages, we're admitting students from 100 countries this year into Penn's class of 2023, 100 countries. And to think about for many of these students, Dawn, they've never visited Penn or Philadelphia before. Wow. And I literally see students late August coming here, you know, international students usually, but also some domestic students saying, I've never set foot on this campus. Now, number one, we have to make sure that we're supporting those students, but also how courageous are they? Mm-hmm. They've already demonstrated some some grit and resilience saying, I'm going to make this type of decision, but we have to make sure that we're, we could really support them through those ups and downs. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things to think about. I mean, even in terms of budget, if your students if your your kid's going to go be a student at a uh, university far away, I mean, thinking about travel costs, I mean, if maybe you live in the South and you have to buy them a whole new wardrobe because it's, Absolutely. it's it get cold. I mean, there's a lot of budget considerations. There's, do you have a, do you know if there's like a percentage of students who decide to, to leave and go to a school closer to home? We have very few students transfer out of Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see students, though, who may take a break. And I think that we have to lift the stigma of taking a leave of absence for any number of reasons, home responsibilities, your own personal health, maybe just hitting an academic wall. 
but we always want to make sure that the students are coming coming back. So we do see some students will take a pause, but they'll usually come back here. But certainly, I know personal stories of students that that I've worked with over the years that they were drawn home for a range of reasons. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think for the most part, those were good decisions to make. In others, I feel that you know, gee, there were, if you just could have stuck it through a little bit more, maybe we could have supported you a little bit more you might have other opportunities that you wouldn't have right now. So peer support is really important. You know, it's not just the old people on the campus and mentors that are helping out. I think peer support here is is critical. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I know Penn does a lot, and I think that's an important question for parents to be asking. I mean, do you find, and I I think this is the case, you know, a lot of parents have ideas and want to push their kids to do things. I mean, what kind of conversations can they have with their, with their potential students to find out, you know, are they ready? Is a gap year or taking a year to do something else, whether it be working or maybe taking some online classes or things like that, is that, is that going to be better for them? I mean, what are some of those, those conversations? Well, I think the, one part of the college conversation needs to be that you're not going to disappoint me if you don't do A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. And I think the honesty, which is, is difficult for many families, especially if you're talking about finances too, you know, I don't know how much mom or dad make, and maybe they don't want to share that, is trying to have some of those honest conversations about expectations and you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing this for, for us. I think if you could put that in the front end, then you're going to open up the avenue to have some of these broader conversations. I think for many of our high school students, and Anthony Rostain here on Penn's campus just wrote a book about student stress in college. I know it's being released pretty soon. Is that, you know, students by the time they're in the, the senior year of high school, they're so stressed out. And we understand that, that I just need a break. I just need to take some time mm-hmm. off. Now, I encourage families to apply to college while they, while they still have the support networks of their high school around them, their, their counselor if they have one, their teachers. But don't be afraid to take that time off. Take that gap year. You're going to come in with a different perspective and be refreshed. Yeah, and, and are there things that um, you know parents or, or students should look for in terms of deciding college is not for me? Because like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of different options. There's especially for like technology, you can you can learn to be a programmer in a year. There's trades. There's a, I mean, it's college is not for everyone. What are some of those things that are identifiers? Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's great. Uh, well, when we're thinking about those identifiers, but then also how can I prove that I I can do something, the credentials. Coursera, here at Penn, there are so many courses that you could take free online to demonstrate a capacity in writing, in computer programming, in mathematics. So you could still have some credential that's linked to education while then also doing the work. And I feel that having, and I, I feel very strongly about this actually, is nowadays Really being able to do something, you know, with you know, you're 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 fixing up your house. I have to put my my daughter's gymnastic bars together later. It's like I'm daunted by these three big boxes that just came in. I'm sorry. I'm like, who can I call? Is really having some of those hard skills that don't have to just be limited to that one piece because there's imagination in there. There's hard work. And those are factors that we're going to look at at any stage in hiring someone or admitting them to college. You've proven yourself in an untraditional path. Yeah, I think that's really important, and not just for for students deciding to go to college, but it's important for for job seekers as well. I mean, an employer wants to know how you have how your skills are applied to add value to their organization. So even if you don't have the traditional background to get into the organization, an employer is going to look at what can you do? That's right. What can you do? And and if you can clearly articulate that, and as we talked about earlier, have that energy, that fire, that motivation, that drive that is going to make you uh, somebody who contributes, that's what they want. Well, think about the energy and drive. You can do voiceovers or commercials. Public speaking, radio show. I mean, these are hard skills to have, right? And when you think about how you could apply something like public speaking in so many different areas, that's a gateway. That could give you an opportunity that maybe other people wouldn't have. Yeah, I think looking at yourself holistically, and a lot of us don't. We look at, oh, only our work experience or only you know those things that we did that were official. We do so many things that are unofficial that are equally as valuable. So really taking a step back and looking across the board. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. We're going to go to Fran in New Jersey. Fran, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. 
Um, I was wondering if um, your guest could comment on mental health resources on campus. There is a rash of mental health issues. Things come up for students, as I'm sure he realizes, um, freshman year and the late teens, early 20s is prime time for mental health disorders to appear for the first time and um, what students might do uh, because many of them fall through the cracks when they show up at college and the stress becomes overwhelming. Yeah, great uh, question. could comment on that because I've personally witnessed, you know, what happens when a student falls through the cracks and there's no one there to yeah. help assess and pick up the pieces. Fantastic question, Fran. Eric, I'm going to toss this Certainly. To you. Thanks for the question, Fran. Well, really thinking about this and saying that we were looking at the campus tours that were going through before, you should ask those questions when you're on the tour and not feel that there's a stigma to ask those questions. At the University of Pennsylvania, as an example, we have a range of resources that you could actually take a look on a kind of a consolidated site that speaks to health and wellness at Penn. It's called Wellness at Penn. The book that I was talking about by Anthony Rostein that's going to be coming out soon, I think is called The Stressed Years of Their Lives. Mm-hmm. So number one, the stigma is no longer there. And sometimes from certain backgrounds and cultural groups, there's stigma to ask any of these questions. And you want to make sure that the resources are there. And universities are really putting their foot forward around these resources. We have a chief wellness officer, the first one in the Ivy League, Dr. Benoit Dubay to really help consolidate the resources that we hear at Penn and make sure, most importantly, that students have a path to find them. We even have a helpline. If you don't know where else to go, 215-898-HELP. So at any moment, if a student needs assistance, something that's very easy to remember and that a friend or you know someone around that individual can pick up the phone and call. So, Eric, I want to tag on to Fran's question because similar to career services where we talked earlier about you know, students either don't know about them or don't know how to access them, I, I would imagine this could be similar with other services such as mental mental health. So, you know, what is being done to make sure the students know, one, how to access them and, two, reduce the stigma around that? Because it's very different to go to career services than it is to go to, um, you know, the, the health center. It, it, it certainly is. And it goes back to a comment that you made before, too, about the resources at an institution. There are required modules that all students incoming, the kind of this transition with new student orientation. It's called Thrive at Penn, TAP. Part of Thrive at Penn, which all students need to go through, at that point they may not feel that they need to, it's pointing out where the resources are at the institution. We have training for our faculty members to recognize, you know, our faculty members may see the student a few hours a week, but they can maybe read some you know, the student didn't show up at class. I mean, that's an easy one, but maybe some other signals that they should try to recognize around stress so that the adults on campus, quote unquote, can start connecting with each other. And again, peer advisors are critically important here. So yeah, as we wrap up, we have about one minute left. But um, Fran, thank you for your question. This is such an important one. Uh, here's the thing. When students go away for, for school and they're not right in front of their, their parents, it's really easy to say, I'm fine. I'm fine. Can we really quickly, Eric, throw some signals up that you should really check in with your child or, you know, dig in a little deeper? No, certainly. Well, there's going to be, you have to read anomalies to any pattern. And if your child always calls you and then they stop, I mean, that's a pretty easy one. I think that you have to frame some check-in points that are going to be regular enough so that if that's missed, your child knows that you're going to pick up on that all the way to the parents that are here know that they can call some resources at this institution that if they're worried about their child, we're going to go to their room and we're going to find where they are. Yeah. And I think, I think you know, err on the side of taking that action. Right. Don't don't talk yourself out of it because you know what? Hey, um, you'd regret it if you didn't. So err on the side of reaching out. Eric, this has been amazing. I've Thank loved you. having you on the show. I love your energy. Um, Eric, where can people reach you one last time? Yes, uh, check out my blog, page 217, or at Dean Ferda on Twitter. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great hour. Of course, it goes by so quickly. Eric Ferda, we loved having you here. Of course, to all of our callers and listeners, we are here every Thursday for you. And Michelle and Dion, you make this hour so much fun. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. For more information, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, and we will see you next time.